So hi, this is David Leibovitz returning with a new podcast guest. I'm at davidleibovitz.substack.com if you want to go to the page for this podcast and see all the links I'm going to put up there and more information about my guest today. But that's also my newsletter, so you can sign up online. It's a free newsletter and anybody can get it and there's a paid version if you feel like getting more. But as someone who likes free stuff, I have no problem with free members. So on that note, I'm very excited today, not because I got a package delivered and I wasn't home. I came home and they were left outside my door and they were still there, which has never happened to me in 20 years in Paris, <laughs> but because I finally met Sarah Donnelly and Sarah Donnelly is a comedian in Paris and I met her online. Like I, I meet women online. Yes. <laughs> I'm admitting that right now, but I started following her on Instagram and I finally went to her show. Her show started at 9.30 p.m., which is way past my bedtime, <laughs> my post-COVID bedtime. I was like, can I stay awake? And I went to the show and it was great. And it's called The Only American in Paris. Actually, I it went to 11 o'clock and I stayed awake and I was glad I went. So Sarah, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so glad I kept you out past your bedtime. And it was worth it. <laughs> yeah. Well, last night I went to bed at 9. It was like 9.15 and Romance, like, go to bed. And I'm like, oh. is that because he watches this show called Affair Conclu, where people, it's like Antiques right. Roadshow, but oh. the antique dealers buy the stuff. I'm like, well, the whole idea of Antiques Roadshow is the value of it, not, yeah. it's not a bunch of people sitting around buying a Raggedy Ann doll. But in, <laughs> what is this show? Okay. All right. So he's like, so go to bed so I can watch my show. And yeah. you were like, avec plaisir, Donnie. Yeah. I, so, <laughs> it's so, like, I don't want to watch this weird. So I got in bed with my crossword. Well, actually, last <laughs> night it was funny because I was talking about this expression, uh, pissing in the wind, this oh. you, this American expression. And he goes, Oh, in France, we say pissing in the violin. Oh, in the violin. I was like, can you explain that to me? Because there's no <laughs> hole, no? Well, there are. There's those things. I guess but... it's, it's a backsplash issue. That's, it goes, I think that could be it. I've never heard pissing in the violin. Okay. I do love French expressions, though. Okay, you have a French husband. I do. Okay. Malheureusement. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's a disease Americans paired with French men. We just can't keep away from them. Well, they like us, too. I mean, yeah, it goes both ways. I told you before we started that my partner said he, he liked me because I didn't have neuroses. And I, he's like, you Americans don't have neuroses. Like, and you're well, like, okay. Ours are more like shopping neuroses. The French are like, they're like philosophically. Philosophical, yes. <laughs> they're having a life crisis at like 25. We're just mm -hmm. in $10,000 with a credit card debt. So yeah. it's a different issue, but. I'm like, I'm going to Target. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Target. So uh, before we get started, because we have a lot to talk about. Yes, we do. You have the show called The Last American in Paris. The only, not the, the only. I'm sorry. Okay. The I'm the only, only one, okay. David. I'm sorry. So shocking that you even are here. I thought I was special and unique. No. <laughs> What's going on? I'm the only one. Should we start all over again? I'm no, sorry. we should yeah. not. I, well, I had a friend on who was a guest and I... You know you live in a foreign country when you can't pronounce your friend's names correctly. Oh, I heard that. Because yeah. okay. they said... You pronounced it. She's like, absolutely not. That's not how I pronounce it. And then you, and then like, we've known each other for 20 years. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, you must have just had a malfunction. Well, the good thing in France, when you get old, like when you're over 60, you get a break. Like you, people give you the seats on the metro. You get to cut in line. So I think people are giving me a break more and more. <laughs> I'll give you a break. No, we don't have to start over. That's just funny. It's just funny. The last American, like I'm taking everyone down with me. Uh -huh. No. 
<laughs> so your show is The Only American in Paris. Yeah, Why are you the only American in Paris? Why okay. is the name of the show that? The name of the show is The Only American in Paris. It's, it's obviously, it's ironic. <laughs> when I made a joke about this on TikTok, there were people in the comments being like, you've got to be joking. I was like, oh no, I'm very serious. Are there other Americans? What's yeah. going on? Um, Who's buying all that American food at Picard? Oh, yeah, like, it's not just me. <laughs> oh, we have to talk about Picard. So the name of the show is basically because I think when you arrive as an American, I talk about this in the show, you know, you're the only one of your family or friends who's like moving to Paris and mm -hmm. it, you think you're so special and unique. And a lot of Americans, I get the sense when they come here, that becomes their brand. I'm the American in Paris. Are you and talking about me? <laughs> I'm sitting right here. If you feel attacked, that's some work you have to do with yourself, David. Okay. I don't know what to say. No, but I just, it's just funny because we think we're unique and special. It's like actually Paris is, yeah. it's existed. There have been Americans in Paris for hundreds of years, you know. Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Benjamin so, Franklin. Yeah. Exactly. And Americans have always loved Paris. And so it's not, it cannot be your only identity. Mm -hmm. But we all are trying to make it our identity, right? We're trying mm -hmm. to be like, I'm the American in Paris. So it's just about, it's also mostly, it's not really about that. It's about me being an American in Paris, my experiences, mm -hmm. and all the things I've experienced in the past 10 years. Were you there. a comedian before you moved here? Or did you come here and say, oh my God, <laughs> I can't believe what just happened to me. I've got to talk about this to somebody. I, other I, than my husband, your yeah, husband, other than my husband, um, who does have a great sense of humor, although he is a civilian, he's not in the entertainment world at okay, all. So he's Parisian. He's Parisian and he's very mm. private. So yeah. you're not going to find him on social. He does not have social media. You're not going to find him. Don't look him up. Okay. I have made my partner public and I'm like, we have to monetize you. He's like, what does that mean? I'm like, I got exactly. This. I'll <laughs> handle this. Um, so, sorry, what was the question? It was about, did you do comedy oh. before you moved to France or did you I did develop do, your craft here? Oh, no, I did do comedy before I moved to France. And I feel like uh, I started doing comedy in Washington, D.C. I lived there seven years before Ooh, I moved okay. to Paris. And I kind of cut my teeth doing stand-up and improv comedy in D.C. And it was a great scene and it's really grown. So I, I learned kind of the basics of stand-up. And then I moved here for love, as one does. So did you meet your husband there or here? I met him here at a party. We have mutual friends. Oh. So it was yeah. just a chance, uh, a chance. Is that even English? A chance moment. It was just a random moment. I was on vacation and I went back to the States. And then we did like a long distance thing. And then oh, I, I'm I was cry. like, <laughs> we did a long distance thing. And I was like, okay, I'm moving. I'm quitting my job. I don't want to. Why not? I was like, my boyfriend lives in Paris. I'm going for it. And I was like, I'll just do what every other American does. I'm going to be a writer. Okay. <laughs> and I'm just going to go and move there without paperwork. Without, yeah. I did have paperwork. Yeah. I did have a visa, but I didn't yeah. have a job. I didn't have any money. I didn't speak French. I didn't have any friends. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anyone. So I love that the part in your show, and I won't give away too many details, but <laughs> you said the most unreal thing about Emily in Paris was she has a French best friend. Yes. <laughs> 100%. And can you, I was trying to explain that to my partner today. Cause like I met my partner shortly after I moved here, but I didn't have any French friends and it was kind of amazing that I did. Why is it that it's so hard to make friends here? And why is it so weird that Emily has this French woman friend? I know that she meets, and now I only watched the first season of Emily in Paris, oh. but she meets her at the, the flower market. And I'm like, never going to happen. A, yes. a French girl on the street is never going to walk up to and be like, I love your outfit. Let's be friends. Like it's never happened. 
if anything, she's going to give you a side eye and be like, oh my God, that woman looks horrible and not speak to her. And then go, right. yeah, exactly. And then go talk about her to her friends yeah, sure. on the terrace having a glass of wine later. Yeah. Um, I think beer, beer. A beer. Yeah, all the French women drink. I mean, the young French women drink beer. Uh-huh. I live in the eleven. Oh yeah, you. Oh yeah, that's yeah. true. You're in the cool. He's in cool town. Yeah. So all the everyone cool drinks young, beer. Everyone drinks like craft wine. beer. Yeah. yeah, and natural wines. Right. <laughs> Ugh. Anyways, no, I have had some good natural wines. So the first natural wine I ever had, I was like, I think the wine's gone bad. Yeah. And then someone was like, Oh no, it's a natural. natural. And I was like, What the fuck does that mean? And they're <laughs> like, It's very good for your health. I'm like. You're smoking. <laughs> and you, I think you might have some white powder on your nose. Yeah, you're like, what's going on? I, I was like... <laughs> like, it's very healthy. All the chemicals in wine are bad. I'm like, you have cigarettes. I know. <laughs> it's Oh, yeah. Well, we got some more commentary on that. But what so, are we saying? I'm just getting turned around because I'm just... Okay, we're I mean, having I'm, a laugh. No, someone I like told it. me I'm like jazz. So no, I'm but sorry. I am too. Yeah. So I'm, then I'm like, we what end? are we talking we stop now? <laughs> no, what are we talking So about? I have a question yes. for you because I think about this often, like all the stuff that my partner went through, like I had to go to the prefecture, get a visa. I had to do all the, uh, the whole passport thing. I had to deal with a lot of stuff. People don't realize when you move to a foreign country, you have like four times the amount of things that a normal person has to do. Like everything's harder. And that's the price you pay. Tons of paperwork. Yeah. More like just to live is paperwork. Yeah. Plus oh, yeah. like paperwork. your general, you know, stuff that you have to do like back home in the US. It's like, oh, yeah. I need to go to the doctor. I've got to call my insurance yeah. company. Now I'll do that in French. I need stamps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it feels so. completely overwhelming to get So them. I look at how my French partner, like he's been amazing with me. He's helped me a lot. He's incredible. But I think like if the situation was reversed and it was like in America, I would have dumped him like after that. I was like, this isn't what I signed up for. Like, you're really nice, but have a good life in America. Like, what? Be on your way. Like, has your husband helped you? And would you, you, in your show, you talk about you have friends in when you move to a foreign country that you wouldn't have back home. Yeah. If the situation was reversed and your husband was living in America and you had to go through it, would you stick with him? Before oh he was gosh. your husband. Oh, <laughs> this is a tough question. Okay. And you know what? I think my, about this a lot. Oh my God. I have to say, and I'm going to, I will tell my husband to listen to the podcast. I oh. have to say, I'm not sure I would either. I mean, God bless our French partners. They have really done a lot of heavy lifting. Oh yeah. 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 And, um, well, honestly though, I feel like if it was reversed in the U S the U S is all about convenience. So I'm sure you could hire someone yeah. to handle everything. You could pay a service or a fee. Maybe you could do that here. I'm not sure. But I tried to. It, it didn't work. <laughs> they don't like that in France. No, they really don't. They want to do things the hard, long, complicated way. My husband, we tried, because when I first met him, I, I was not thinking of moving to Paris. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was a nice bonus. I was like, oh, I have this cute French boyfriend. He lives in Paris. Like, uh-huh. this is pretty nice. But I told him, I was like, look, I'm not leaving D.C. I'm like, I love my friends. I've got my improv theater. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a very full life here and... This is where I want to be. And then, you know, as time went on, I was like, I really want to be with him. So we were like thinking, how can he come to the U.S.? It's very hard unless you get married, which we didn't want to do because we just met each other. Getting a green card, getting a visa, it's basically impossible. Well, in France, as you know, they have something called a carte de séjour. Yes. Which means you can come here as long as you don't work in France, as long as you're not in the system, so to speak, which is actually a great thing. On the other hand, it's, there's a lot of problems associated with yeah. it. So you came here, you talk about this in your show. 
I don't usually talk about that side of France because people actually, a lot of times they don't want to hear about it. You're like, you're well, ruining the fantasy, yeah. David. Stop. I don't want to hear about the paperwork. Yeah. Yes. Like the woman threw like my, you know, my dossier away and yelled <laughs> at me and no, and was like, but you know, there's croissants. You're like, um, it's not worth it. No. Like, <laughs> yeah. But it's actually not easy to live here, but you decided to come here and you went through that whole process. I came first with a student visa. So I had the oh, visa. Yes. And I went to French school for two years, part-time. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go to French school. It's, it's not too late. You went, it's never too late. Did you go to the La Sorbonne? No, I went to Campus Long. I went to a French language school. So, because okay. I was like, I'm coming here and I don't have, you know, any work. Mm-hmm. So I need to learn French. And I'm glad I made that a priority because now I don't have time to yeah. continue that. So I'm glad yeah. I had like a good base. So I came on a student visa and then shortly like a year after we were here, we decided to get paxed. Mm-hmm. And then we were going to change my status. Because you I, wanted more paperwork. Yes, because I yeah. just was like, please bring in the paperwork. Yeah. That was so I, I just got a new care. printer I wanted. Well, I had yeah, a joke about getting paxed. I'm like, when you get asked to be engaged, you get a ring. And when you get asked to get paxed, you just get paperwork. <laughs> so um, it's very romantic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> getting paxed, we also... Where was it? I can't remember where it was, but like we were literally in like someone's office with like a photocopier in the background. And I was like, this is so romantic. Well, for people that don't know, Paxed is the equivalent in the U.S. of like domestic partner. Yeah. It's kind of like being married, but it's easier to dissolve. Well, that's what I've heard. I like to say it was gay marriage before there was gay marriage in France, but now mm-hmm. there is gay marriage in France. So it's a fake gay marriage, basically. Okay. Um, <laughs> Wait, now we're going to get comments about she's discounting our marriage rights. No, not at all. Yeah, it's no. just it's just a joke to because no one understood what it was. I was trying to explain to my parents because they're like, you're getting married. I'm like, yeah, I'm not getting married. Yeah, I was like, but it was created. The PAX was yeah. created to people that have civil partnerships. Before. What is OK? So the French love acronyms. So PAX stands for something <laughs> like in America. Oh. We don't say DP. We don't say oh, domestic, yeah. domestic partnerships. partnerships. It's like PAX is like do, 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 do. God, what is it for? Who knows? Okay, I'm not going to put you on the spot there. I can't remember. We could Google it. People can Google it. Yeah, we'll just, just Google it. It's like everything in France, like if you're in a JESA or ERSAF, which are different <gasps> regimes, those are all acronyms. Like the use is like United. Da, 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 da. Like The more oof. words, the better. This language loves words. I know. Well, I was talking to somebody about French once. I said, you know, if they really want people to speak French, they should get rid of the masculine feminine because mm. that changes everything. But... A friend of mine is French and he's like, I don't understand. Like in America, you have this K and you don't pronounce it at the beginning of words like nice and no. I'm like, in French, you don't pronounce like half of each word. Like, and you're complaining about K. The silent K. I mean, he's got a point. There it is doesn't that make sense. K. It does not make sense. But I have friends who are named Thomas or Toma. Yeah. And some you pronounce the S, some you don't. That's true. They're like, David say Thomas. I'm like, but my other friend, Tomas, he said Tomas. Tomas. Yeah. Well, it's actually, apparently the English spelling, the reason why it's so messed up is because Belgian monks at the time of the first printing presses were paid by the letter. And so huh? they're making like the first copies of the Bible. They were just shoving in extra letters in there. I didn't know that. That's, I think, now yeah. I'm saying that with authority. I don't know if it's an old wives tale, but I did look it up because I had a show on Audible called God Think My English, <laughs> where me and Paul Taylor taught French people English. And okay. this is one of the fun facts. This is why one of the reasons why English spelling is so complicated with the pronunciation. Well, I don't have a lot of problems with English, but <laughs> I got <laughs> exactly. like a B minus on that. You got to take a French <laughs> test when you get citizenship. Yes. 
And I did find in the conversation part because the woman asked me, she, they make up scenarios and she said, yes, I remember that. I'm going to pretend I'm a neighbor of, or I'm a friend of yours and I'm having trouble with my neighbor. And you're like, like, oh, this is not an imagined situation. <laughs> yeah. I can do this. It's like, I've, I've got that memorized. I have that discussion every day. Yeah. And then she kind of laughed. She was like, C2, done, great. Yeah. And then, she, <laughs> <laughs> so I passed that part, but the multiple choice I had trouble with, and they were like, everybody needs to take your coats, put them way in the back of the room. It's like, are people going to be cheating? Like going through their French verb dictionaries, like yeah, during weird. this test, it was kind of strange. But have you, do you, have you gotten your driver's license? I've not gotten my driver's license. Okay. I think that, um, I think you're right that it's like you have your carte de séjour, then you have your citizenship, and then the driver's license is yeah. actually the pinnacle. Like it's, you're not truly French until you've done, gotten your permit. Yeah. And it's expensive. Yeah, it's a couple you know, thousand euros, right? It's like 3,000 right? euros yeah. to go to the class. And then they decide if you're worthy enough to take the test. And I guess a lot of times they decide you're not. So then you have to keep paying. You have to keep paying. You have to pay yeah. for another bunch of units. And a friend of mine who lives in Nice, she was taking the, ex- the driving test and the guy was really mean to her. Mm. And she finally said, excuse me, can you like not be so mean? And he said, well, I'm just getting you ready for the test. Oh, oh so, my gosh. Like when I was in America, they were like, I was at the DMV and the woman's like, you got these answers wrong. Let me ask you them again. And she's like, she had her fingernails <laughs> on the little keyboard. She's like, would you really go 30 miles per hour? Yeah. If you saw like a train crossing. Or would you go 25? I'm like, maybe I would go 25. And she's like, great. Because that's the American spirit. Like, we're just trying to get everyone through. Everyone yeah. gets their participation star. Yeah. She's like, you all get it. Yeah, and you're, we have driver's ed in school. Oh, my God. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Paid for by our tax dollars. I grew up in North Carolina. My driver's test literally was like, do a three-point turn in this Kroger parking lot and then get out of there. And that was it. Okay. We had a textbook. It was called Sportsman-like Driving. <laughs> Sportsman-like Driving. <laughs> Is this from California? Well, I was raised in Connecticut, but I grew up in okay. mostly California. But Cal- like, I'm a California driver. I'm really good at driving. <laughs> and French, like, I'm sorry, but like Parisian drivers can be, I was like, how do these people all pass the test? It's terrifying. I don't, you drive in Paris? Bravo to you. Right? I don't. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I have, but if you get points and you have to go to traffic school, they have to have a psychologist evaluate you or something. If you have too many points. Oh, so you can just be... <laughs> And I said to Roman, that's a little, that's a little intrusive, isn't it? He goes, no, it's good. You don't want crazy people on the street. You're like, all, this city is full of crazy people everywhere. In cars, on the streets, on motorcycles. Actually, that's one way. If you need some psychological help, you'd be like, listen, I'm going to blow through a couple red lights and I'm going to be psychologically assessed. Yes. Well, now I'm on a bicycle. I, I'm, I'm on my fourth bicycle. But oh. I, I stopped biking for a while, but you get into that, this group mentality on the road. And it's actually not as dangerous as people think because people move as packs. Okay. And then, then you go rogue. Like, see a red light? See these people just blow through red lights on their bike, really busy intersections, and they make it through. Like, whoa, how do they do that? That scares me. No, the bike, my husband rides a bike and I'm just like, I'm okay. I'll just walk. Okay. I'll just plan about it. Let me walk. <laughs> so getting back to your show a little bit. I remember Joan Rivers talking about being criticized and getting heckled and how she handled it. I know from writing about France in my life, people have said, oh, you don't understand France or you don't like France. Why do you live there? And I'm like, I, I live France. Like, I have Roma and everything. I love France. But I often say to people, if you want to hear people complain about France, ask a French person. Oh, yes. 
Do you get criticism and how do you handle it? I, you didn't, there were no hecklers at your show. You, it's, no. It's too intimate, but. Yeah. I mean, to come and pay money for a ticket to see someone's one hour show and then heckle them, that's a really weird thing. And in general, actually, audiences here in France are way more polite than in the U.S. And maybe it's a language thing. Like, not all my audience is French, obviously. Mm-hmm. But but there were French people in the audience. There, yeah, there are plenty of French yeah. people in the audience. Um, how do I handle criticism? Also, I just want to say I love John Rivers. You love? John Rivers. Yes. Yeah, I mean. I she wrote a book called Having a Baby Could Be a Scream. Like, in the 60s. <laughs> I remember reading it when I was a kid. And she compared it to someone grabbing your lower lip and pulling it over your head. <gasps> Oh and my God. Jesus, anyway, Joan. Go okay. Ahead. I need I to read her. this book. Yeah. I love her too. So how do I handle criticism? You know, the thing is. Cause you're online, you're on TikTok, you're on Instagram. Yeah. I put, I'm putting myself out there. Yeah. First of all, if anyone leaves and it's not often, but if anyone leaves like a really mean comment, like, I don't know, it's commenting like, Oh, look at you. You think you're so funny or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm like block delete. I'm yeah. like, you don't have to like what I do, but I don't need to hear about it and don't come to my page. So mm-hmm. goodbye. That's one. But I, I mean, if people don't like me, I'm like, that's fine. It's art. You don't have to like everyone. So yeah. if you don't like me, continue on. I have no problem with that. But if you're going to insult me, I don't accept mm-hmm. that. I have a, actually a zero tolerance policy now. I don't get a lot of bad stuff either. But now people are like passive aggressive. I'm like, you know, no. just if you're going to be passive aggressive, put a smiley face at the end. That makes <laughs> it all better. <laughs> with a wink. No, yeah. I'm like, I read through that shit, bitch. Blocked. Done. <laughs> We're done. It doesn't happen much either. But I think for me, I'm like, I've been here for 10 years. My husband is French. I have French kids. I am a French citizen. Like, I love France. I love Paris. You love Macron. I love Macron <laughs> for reasons, not political reasons. Um, so I'm just kind of like, listen, everything I say is out of love. Mm-hmm. And it's it's tongue in cheeks with a little wink. You know, I love mm-hmm. to make fun of French people. But it's it's like we're all in on the joke and it's, it's, it's fine. Yeah. So... Well, somebody once you know. said, you should you know, talk about America. I'm like, well, I don't live in America. Yeah. And there's a lot of funny <laughs> things in America, but actually there's less and less these days. It feels like a very unfunny place, America. But so. Macron, it's funny because, as you know, for those of you who don't know who are listening, you know, Emmanuel <laughs> Macron is the French president. He was actually reelected, which is very rare in France. Yeah. He's young. He's bold. He's got a lot of ideas that aren't always popular, but that's the case with every president. But He's actually kind of good looking. I mean, I think he's exceptionally good looking. Yeah. And he can form he's complete really sentences. Yes, he can. In two la- in English and in French. I, you know, I was listening to him speak English the other day and I was like, oh, baby, we got to work on your accent. It's slipping. Uh, it's gone downhill. I feel like I okay. watched his documentary for his first, there was a documentary TFL where he first got elected mm-hmm. about like the election. And, you know, he really idolized, like, Barack Obama, was really mm-hmm. trying to get into that vibe. And I thought his English was really good. So, I don't know, maybe well, the years. in your show, you you show the chest hair picture. <laughs> and it's kind of shocking because he doesn't look hairy. And then the day before, the, for those who don't know, the day before, tell, actually, you tell it, the day before the election. Was it the day before? Well, it was, like, it's leading up to, in the days before. I, I yeah. cannot, I don't remember when exactly. But someone dropped on Instagram, on his account, this picture of him with, like, he's sitting on a couch, he's sitting back, like, relaxed, open, and he's got his white button-down shirt open with all this chest hair coming out. A lot. We're just like, who? And he's laughing. I mean, it looks like a GQ-type profile on. And the amount of chest, it's like a coaster. It's like, 
It's like just solid hair. It's a lot. It's like, was this photoshopped? Has yeah. he been hiding all of this? He does yeah. not seem but the some type. guys are like that. But you if you get the collar, I have another photo about Macron when he's on his jet ski on vacation in the south of France. He okay. doesn't look that hairy. So who knows? We might have had an epilation. Yeah, maybe had an epilation. Okay. Maybe had it removed. So in your show, actually, this isn't in my list of questions, <laughs> but you talked about going to body minute. Yes. Body minutes. Body minutes. Tell yes. people about because I don't know. I guess they exist. They have those now salons in America, but body minute does everything. Body Minute does everything. They're like the McDonald's um, beauty solutions for women. They do they nails. Do men, don't they? they do men. Okay, I, I, mean, I think so. I don't know. I don't know either. They do like demi jambe, like half leg. I'm they like, do. Who wants a half they'll leg? wax anything. Well, because for women, your uh, lower half of your leg is usually the hairier part, and the thighs are usually not the quiz. You usually have a lot of hair. But wouldn't you have the whole? I mean, body minute, everything's like five euros. Listen, David, if you're a girl on a budget, you're like, I'll have the budget for the full leg. We're just doing from the D down. But just, like, it's like Macron's chin. It's like from, from the chin to the bottom of the neck. It's like completely shaved. I don't have, there's no like carpet on my upper thigh. Don't worry. It's going to okay. be okay. <laughs> it's going to be fine. They literally do everything. They're very cheap and... You know, French women love getting their epilation. By the way, in America, to get any sort of waxing is extremely expensive. Why? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just okay. noticed that. It's like getting your nails done in the U.S., very cheap. Getting your nails done in France, very expensive. Getting body hair removed via waxing in the U.S., very okay. expensive. So have you been, speaking of body hair, have you, have you been, <laughs> they call them a pedicure, which is the person who does a pedicure. I never understand about French. They often say someone scientific, they're a scientist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Il, il est scientifique. He is scientific. He's not a scientist, but a, that's not a great translation. But a ped- have you been to a pedicure, like a medical pedicure? I have gone to a pedicure. It's wild. It is wild, and it's yeah. totally worth it. And the lady was yeah. like, oh, um, because I It's not tried. covered by the healthcare it's system. It's not covered by the healthcare system. Because I love getting just, you know, run-of-the-mill American pedicures. Mm-hmm. But here... They're really expensive when you want to get your nails on in a foot bath and everything, and they don't uh, do a very good job. Okay. So then my friend told me, if you go to get the pedicure for 40 euros, they will literally shave your foot down yeah. into nothing. And yeah. I was like, this yeah. is what I want. Yeah. I need to remake the appointment, actually. It was amazing. Well, I Totally worth it. Yeah, because I had one. The other, my dermatologist said, go to get a pedicure. And Roman, I don't, I don't like having my nails cut. Roman likes to cut my nails because he has to look at them. I'm like, <laughs> that is love. You know, you're with the right guy. If you're like, he's still trimming my toenails after all these he's, years. Roman is the best. Oh. I like never say anything negative about him. I mean, except he talks a lot, but so do I. <laughs> <laughs> so I had this pedicure and I'm lying in this chair. It's like a business class chair, you know, sort of it medical, really, like a doctor, yeah. barber chair. Yeah. But then she sits in this chair and she's lying back. It's a reclining chair and she gets out the power tools and she's like, go into town on my feet. And you don't know when someone's taking power tools to your feet, you're kind of like, it's scary. She was like shaving and cutting and they, sculpting. And when it was over, exactly. I was like, I am 12 years old again. It, I literally did before and after pictures because I could not wait to see. Mm-hmm. It is a huge difference. Yeah. And they yeah. really, I mean, it's an artist with a knife. I mean, yeah. they've got blades down there. Yeah. And I, I was like, well, when, when can I come back? And she said, oh, in three to four months. I was like, no, I want to come back every two weeks. I know. I actually need to make my appointment again. I got it done in July and I was like, look at my feet. This is amazing. Yeah. I was just, I'm amazed. I'm not, a, no longer ashamed to take my socks off. 
This, uh, see, this is the beauty. The more you know, the beauty of French healthcare. And if you do have actual medical conditions other than just like crusty toenails and bad calluses, you can see it in this reimburse. But so getting back to Macron, a French friend, <laughs> I was talking to a French friend about he's not popular in France. He's not popular. But what president is popular? I mean, you talk about you want to find some that complains about Barack Obama was really popular. In they were like, he's the best. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but, you know, think about your country for a while. Yeah. You know, the, let's work on France for a bit. And people didn't want to vote for Macron in the last election. They're like, I'm not yeah. voting for anybody. I was like, well, if you no. don't vote, yeah, you don't know what's going to happen. That, that really, one of the reasons why I wanted to become a citizen is because I couldn't vote in the first Macron-Le Pen election. Mm-hmm. I also was waiting for my time to come. So as soon as uh-huh. I could apply for my citizenship, I did. But, you know, I had some friends who were saying like, oh, I don't want to vote. I'm going to vote blanc. And I was like, you are absolutely not. I was yeah. like, did you see how we elected Trump? I was like, you are voting. Yeah. Please make the right choice. Well, years ago, I was traveling. I was young. I had a backpack and I was traveling and hitchhiking and I wasn't afraid of getting into cars with strangers. I met a woman from um, a certain beleaguered part of the world, shall we say. And we traveled for a while. I remember talking about voting and so forth. And she looked at me. I was talking. I forgot what I was saying, but she said to me in response, she goes, you don't know how lucky you are to have the right to vote. And I was wow. like, privilege. I mean, I, you don't, you know, we use that word now a lot, but I was 20. This is 40 years ago. I was like, you're right. It, it's, it is a privilege to be able to vote and it's a great right. In a free and fair election, truly, yeah. that's not one that's being. But French people, like, and- we, we talked a little earlier about French people like to complain. I was talking to a French friend and she said, well, a lot of people, French people that like Macron, a lot of them have lived in foreign countries and realized how wonderful France is. And France isn't paradise for everybody. Of course, there are people who are disgruntled. There are people that are not treated the same. And there, there are problems in France. But Macron, it's, it's interesting how people really didn't like him. I know. I did find that surprising. I guess... It's true, like, what we say, like, oh, I'm a liberal in the U.S. I'm like, you're center in France, mm-hmm. okay? Because <laughs> in my yeah. neighborhood, for example, like, it was so funny. Like, we had an election recently because someone, the representative of our area was picked to go to Macron's cabinet. Mm-hmm. And so we had a special election. And, you know, like, there were two communist candidates. Like, uh-huh. you know, even for the presidential <laughs> election, there's like three yeah. co- communist party candidates yeah. and Greens. And, I mean, so when we say we go to the left, it goes deep left. And Macron is quite centrist here. Yeah. So for me, I'm just like, oh, this is, I mean, overall, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, people talk, people who don't live here, often when I do events in the States, people say, why do you live in France? And one of the reasons I, I say the health care. Yeah. And they go, well, don't people die waiting for an appointment? I said, only for dermatologists. <laughs> yeah. You cannot get a dermatology appointment, but anything else, like my doctor, she's available. She likes, I brought her cassoulet the other day because she's Ooh. like, I love cassoulet. Amazing. Like, okay. But the healthcare systems, people have a lot of myths about that. That's so funny. System. I'm like, honey, people are dying waiting for, people aren't dying waiting for appointments in the U.S. People are dying because they never got an appointment because they don't have any health insurance in the U.S. So. Well, although oh people God. are surprised here when I say, actually, you can go to the hospital and like hospitals can't not it not take you in America, and then it's like, and when you're sixty something, you get Medicare, and they're like, what? We why don't they tell us about that? All we see are these stories in America about people not getting health care. You're like, yeah, because that is but most people. Yeah. 
But during the, we said we weren't going to swear, we said we weren't going to get political, but during the debate over the Affordable Care Act or mm-hmm. Obamacare, my friend friends are like, why are people in America protesting getting health care? That's a question. Well, some people said that it raised their prices. So that's, we can't discuss that because in France, we, we have a different system. We, we probably can't address that, but um, getting that carte vitale, the healthcare card is another rite of passage in France. Absolutely. Getting oh. the carte vitale. It's, well, I mean, that was one of the first things I had to do when I got here. That's why my boyfriend and I got packed so I could get mm-hmm. healthcare. I was yeah. so excited. Now I had healthcare previously through my employers, but I was like, this is great. Well, when you have private healthcare in France, every time you go to a place, they're like, we need your card vital. And you're like, I don't have one. I have private insurance. And they're like, they look at you like, you poor thing. You're not in our system. Yeah. I did that for the first year. I actually forgot I did have, cause, um, I think as a student, I had to prove that I had my own health insurance. Yeah. You have to do that yeah. when you're, before you come here. But yeah. It's cheap to get your own health and cause you're living abroad. Yeah. It and, wasn't, you know. it wasn't so expensive, but that was still a real win getting that cart vitale, which can take yeah. ages and ages and ages to get. Well, I remember I had an MRI and it was 150 euros and Roman was like, that's outrageous. And I tore my knee in New York no. once and Roman's like, go get an MRI. I'm like, it's like $5,000. I think they will just get another ticket yeah. back to France and do it at home. We'll save money. I can buy business class seats <laughs> back to France. I can rest my knee and we'll have money left over to go out to dinner. Exactly. <laughs> Much cheaper. So one thing I think we bonded over because we have sort of corresponded over DMs. I yes. don't usually, I'm not a big <laughs> DM person on Instagram, but sometimes people manage to break through that. <laughs> we, I wrote something about square pillows. <gasps> yes. Cause I was staying in a hotel and when you travel in France, you stay in, you know, they have these pillows. It's like square pillows are like, but you have a worse, there's something worse for you. <laughs> there's worse than the square pillow. It's the traversal. And it's like this saucy song of pillows. It's this okay. long, round pillow. Now, some people are like, it's a great pillow to like hold on to. I'm like, yeah, but when yeah. you're sleeping in a bed with someone else, and that's high. The, yeah, yeah. And there's no squish to it. I and mean, that's the yeah. only pillow you have. Mm-hmm. You've got to share with your partner. Like, how do you? Yeah. It's super uncomfortable. I'm like, who is this for? I it's for people that are cheap that don't want to put pillows in the room. That don't, okay. yeah. It's like if you've stayed in a cheap Airbnb in the French countryside, mm-hmm. you've slept in a traversal. And then that's all they give you. So do, yeah. you know, do you know about the history of the traversal? I don't. Please okay. tell me. I'm dying to know. I think. They used to think that if you slept lying down, you would die. Oh. So people slept sitting up in France, which I didn't understand until I, I had a problem with my shoulder and I had to sleep sitting up. And I was like, where's that traverse? Get the traverse <laughs> But you still need something else under. So you have the traverse that helps prop you up and then another. And then you have a square pillow. The square pillow, yeah. the, the problem with the square pillow, it's all the right angles. How do you hold on to it? You can't yeah. squish it down. It's super large. And there's space above your head. And no one moves up and down. You move side to yeah. side. Well, a friend of mine who just moved here from Brooklyn, he's like, yeah, America's pillow game is really strong. Cause like you, you on Amazon, there's like slide sleeper pillow and there's one that looks like Emmanuel Macron. You know, you have every kind of, <laughs> we have pillow. every kind of pillow you could want. We do love the decorative throw pillows. Yeah. I mean, growing up, I'm from the South. My mom had probably about 12 pillows on her bed. My parents, okay. you know, we each side had two pillows plus the sham pillows huh. plus the decorative pillows. Well, we're sitting in my kitchen and the chairs <laughs> you see we had reupholstered and there were some extra fabric. I love them. And the woman who reupholstered them, she goes, as a gift, I'm going to make you some pillows for your couch. Oh. And I want you to look over in the blue chair. 
Each That's of those, so cute. Yeah, but the cute, they're like, like, well, this would be good if I had a cat. Yeah. <laughs> I could put its head on it, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to, as a gift, I'll make you a throw pillow for an elf. Aww. <laughs> they're like the tiny, they're like chiclets. They really are. But how you styled them, I was like, that is really nice. But it's true. That's not even a child pillow. That's a baby pillow. So because, um, thank you so much for inviting me to your home. I have a okay. housewarming present for you. Oh, gosh. Okay. Now. Is it um, edible? It's edible. Okay. Because if it wasn't edible, you'd be like, get it out. I don't need okay. any stuff. Years ago, I did a podcast and they blindfolded me and they put a Big Mac in a croissant. No. Yeah. And it, it's the, the biggest podcaster in France. Who is the biggest podcaster in France? I don't want to mention his name. Oh. Because okay. then Oliver G will get mad. Oh, yeah. Is it, was Oliver G did yeah. this to you? Oh my God. We're still friends. Okay. Yeah. I like him. I'm, I need to find this podcast episode. Okay. So I thought, you know, I'm going to a professional chef and food author. Mm-hmm. Why not? I bring something that I've made. Oh, okay. That I've oh. never made before with a recipe that I just made up. So what could go wrong? Is it Rice Krispie Square? No, oh. I'm sorry. It's not even American. <laughs> oh, it's, um, well, it is American. It's, a, it is some oh. homemade turkey stock from my Thanksgiving turkey. Oh. Uh. <laughs> He's like, ah, he's like, why is it in an orange juice container? It's like in a little orange. It's like, it's like a cup of stock. I know. I'm sorry. Gravy. Is it gravy or is it stock? It's stock. I know. I tried to strain it last night. Listen, you can give it a smell and tell me if it passes your. How old is it? Um, I just cooked it down, uh, the day before yesterday. Okay. So if I open the bottle and it makes a. No, like no, no. When, no, you, I when didn't... you open champagne. No, so. no, no. I didn't seal it or anything. Okay. So tell me. It's like in America, this would look, this is, it's. I'm trying to say, it's like brown with chunks of things in it. Like this would be like a health drink. People would be drinking this before they go to the gym. I tried to strain it through. It smells good. Okay. It smells like turkey stock. Okay. Did you brown the bones? I literally, so my friend helped me. I put the carcass back in the oven and she was like, heat up the carcass a little bit before you put it into the right stock pan. I'm sorry, it's kind of greasy. That's and okay. I just, I dumped... Like the whole carcass in. We say oily. We don't say greasy in food food world. The food world. Oh gosh. It's just oily. Is that the French coming? No. I guess I was thinking <laughs> it's like it's greasy. Yeah. And then I threw in some like four carrots, two onions, a couple cloves of garlic, <laughs> bay leaves. I had a half a bulb of fennel lying around, and then just a bunch of water, and I just cooked it for like twelve hours. Okay. Now you have two kids. <laughs> One, they're both French. <laughs> yes. Did you celebrate Thanksgiving? Do they? Because they. They don't know America except through your eyes. That's very true. They visited America a couple times, but yeah, I mean, for all intents and purposes, they are French. Yeah, they're they like, can't I here. use my carte vitale? <laughs> Mama, <laughs> you mix up the bandit cup. They do like Sesame Street. I put Sesame Street on from time to time. So I try to infuse my American modernness in. Have you taken them to Walgreens? Have I taken them to Walgreens? I think they've been to Target. Because America knows how to do talk. fun like you go to Target or Whole Foods are like, this is fun. Oh, oh my God, look, they have onions. Oh my God. Whole Foods. <laughs> I, I love, my husband loves Whole Foods. For him, so this is like, Romeo. I think yeah. it's, salad like, bar. Di- it's Disneyland <laughs> for French people. Yeah. Cause it's like, my husband's like, this is the only place you can get good food in America. And well, okay. This is his, you know, grocery yeah. store. I mean, mm-hmm. grocery store foods. He's like, this is the only place he does like Trader Joe's though, but you could also order beer or <laughs> drinks. In the Whole Foods and walk around. Oh, at my local Whole Foods. The one in DC. This is one in North Carolina. Okay, and you can they have, have a like bar. They have a bar. You, you can, can have get a Manhattan. beer. Okay, and you can walk around and then like do your grocery shopping. Can you get a Manhattan? 
Can you get them? one in New no. York, you can, but right? I don't think you can walk around the store. They let you walk around the store in North Carolina. We get wild down south. I don't know why. I took a video of it. So there's a salad bar. Um, yeah, we're mad. Yeah, we love Whole Foods. He was like, well, the salad bar wouldn't work in France because people would try to game the system. I'm like, well, there's really no gaming the system. Like, put everything in a box. I did have to teach him how to use a buffet line. Like, you know, it's like all you can eat on one plate. I'm like, you don't want carrots. You don't want cherry tomatoes. You don't want cucumbers. You want the expensive things. You want the feta cheese. Train him. Yeah. But so. Whole Foods. Whole Foods. Love Whole Foods. So yes, we did do thanks. We do Thanksgiving every year. My kids. Thanksgiving food is not really kid friendly food though. Like, I don't know. They like turkey, but what's, like the other stuff. Cause once somebody said, you should do an article on French baby foods. I'm like, they eat like quail and they eat know, everything. Like, yeah. They're the menus. What for do your like, kids eat? Well, they actually, um, one of my oldest daughter, I call her my bunny because she loves crudite, like raw vegetables, mm-hmm. salad. They eat a lot of vegetables. Um, the funny things that they like to eat that make me laugh. They love artichokes, mm-hmm. like steamed artichokes. They're big fans. My husband's family from Brittany and we okay. eat the bigornu, the black sea snails. Okay. I've had them a few times. They're not for me, but my six year old really likes them. Have you had gridoy? What is gridoy? No. Gridoy is like, it looks like a, one of those mazes, like, Find, you know, connect the, you know, on a piece of paper, those those mazes where you have to do the line drawing, but it's all like innards. It's a sausage. It's like, uh, oh my God. You know, no. and yet is like, circles. yeah, yeah. But this is like, it's like a crazy maze of intestines and whatever's in the animal. Is it, does it, is it tasty though? I will not eat it. Okay. <laughs> because I just inhale my friends when they eat it, then I, they all smell like that the whole night. Really? And then we get into bed and I'm, I'm like, Roman, you need to go bandouche. Yeah. <laughs> Mouth Sweat <on>. this out. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I'm going to have to ask my husband about this. Yeah. But French people, when you mention those, like they love that. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I wish I could share that. It's, it's definitely, um, what's the word? Not an approved taste. Acquired an taste. An acquired taste. So what's your favorite so. French food and what American food do you miss? Oh, my favorite French food. God, I mean, French food is so delicious. Um, I have to say my husband's favorite dish is his mother's blanquette de veau. And okay. I feel like a blanquette de veau is like great classic French food, like really comfort food. Like that to me is like everything good. There's nothing bad about duck confit. I love, okay. Controversial opinion. Uh, I love. We stop. Course. No, no, no. <laughs> Controversial opinion. Yeah. I love foie gras. Well, you can like it. I mean, you can disagree with <laughs> certain things around it, but you know, you're I, allowed to like it. I think to me, in terms of what is French, like you're saying, like duck, like they love mm-hmm. the duck. Yeah. Foie gras. I really love foie gras. I'm sorry. Foie. I'm sorry to all these ducks. Okay. I apologize. Well, there's a lot of discussion. I've been to where they feed the ducks and I have friends in the South of France that talk about how everybody loves the ducks. And it's all done lovingly, um, which <laughs> you're laughing. Um, I'm only laughing because I'm laugh, thinking yeah. like, oh, my God, I invited a comedian onto the podcast and she's talking yeah. about gay marriage <laughs> and foie gras and like all of your fans are going to be like, who is this woman? She's shitting on France. She's such a less foie gras. She's a controversial mess. So I'm well, so a sorry. a friend of mine who works for a big food website, they go, we get the most traffic and engagement when we print inauthentic recipes because people get mad. Oh, so that's how you get comments. We're oh going to get comments gosh. about foie gras. But you're just saying you like the paste. You're not 
totally on board with how it's produced. Yes. But a lot of things like the way tomatoes are grown in America, commercial tomatoes is not that pretty either. And there's a lot of Oh, and commercial tomatoes taste disgusting too. Yeah. I have to say, like the produce in France on the whole, I find much more tastier. Like just grocery store level. Okay. Ah, okay. Um, but there's no Whole Foods. But there's no. Whole we need Trader Joe's because I like the tried sour cherries. Trader Joe's is amazing. Yes. Yeah. And they have shishito peppers and a brisket. Roman discovered brisket in America. Oh yeah. And I'm not saying I've ever done this. But I've heard of people freezing one and then bringing it to France and cooking it. And, oh. And you can buy, if you, you can order the meat from America from special certain butchers here, but it's like, well, it's 10 pounds or five kilos and you have to be professional. I'm like, well, I've written 10 cookbooks. Does that make me? Am I a professional? I have a friend from Washington state and she has flown back with a dry ice cooler of crabs. I don't know how she got them past the border. Maybe I should even share these secrets. Yeah, but... well, you can say that maybe she was thinking about doing that. Yeah, maybe she was thinking about doing yeah, that. Yeah, she might not have done it. Maybe you were dreaming it. Yeah, maybe <laughs> so. I just imagined that. So favorite French food? I don't know. French food, it's so good. I mean, French, they guest to me. Like, there's so many great, mm-hmm. great things. Well, it's also interesting here. Like, you're really close to good food. Like, People say, oh, we don't have any good bakeries in America. I'm like, well, yeah, there's great bakeries, but you have to go there. So they're destinations. Yeah. Whereas here, they're on the corner. And during the lockdown, people are like, aren't you making your own sourdough? And I'm like, I like, it's part of our life, like the ritual going to the bakery. And that was like the only thing we could do at the tightest parts of the confinement yeah. was going to the bakery. Yeah. So yeah, I did try making my bread the first week and I was just like, Oh God, what am I doing? No, no, bakery. So speaking of (laughs) making bread uh, and buying it, we also bond a little bit over Picard and tell people what Picard is a little bit because it's hard to explain to Americans. Okay. So Picard, Picard, Picard is a frozen food French grocery store. So everything in the grocery store is frozen Mm -hmm. except the wine. And they, well, they do, uh-huh. they do, now they have like a tiny little piece of wine. They have like a little, you know, mustards and stuff and wine. But it is great because, you know, contrary to the stereotype, there's a lot of French people who cannot cook or don't want to cook. Mm-hmm. And it's like Picard will save you every single time. I love Picard. And I joke about this. I made a video about Picard because they have this campaign called Crazy America where they talk about American food. And it's just the French imagined version of what American food is. And they just take two American things and slap them together. For example, they're like, Americans like pastrami. They like a waffle, pastrami waffle. That's American food. They take, that's like the same logic of being like French people. They love crepe. They love boeuf bourguignon, boeuf bourguignon crepe. Let's mix it together. That's French. (laughs) Actually, and I I have a joke on stage. I'm like, I would actually eat that. That sounds kind of good. But, um. Well, that's that's something you get in like the airplane. And I always think Picard (laughs) is, and I always pronounce the D like Tomas. I I love that. Don't change. I actually just got my fidelity. I mean, every time you go to Picard, they're like, wasn't it on Cafe Fidelity? Because if there's like a discount card on certain things, and I'm always like, uh. So finally, now I'm French. I have my Picard. 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 Yes. Picard de Picard. Carte de fidelité de Picard. Okay. Merci beaucoup. Did you get a, (laughs) you probably got a B plus in French. I am not as, enamored as Picard is a lot of people. Like I've never, ever, ever in my 20 years in France heard a French person say anything negative about Picard. Never. And they won't. And because I did mildly criticize them online, Mm. I had 600,000 French people come after me and tell me, how dare you? What did you, how did you criticize them? 
I just criticized the campaign mildly yeah. saying like, this is not actually American food. This is really kind of wild and crazy. And people mm-hmm. like, well, actually the biggest criticism I said, this is the French interpretation of American cuisine. And then yeah. all these French people are like, but there is no such thing as American cuisine. <laughs> yeah. So, Pas du tout. yeah. So it was really, it was quite silly. Cause this is what I also say. I'm like, listen, Picard. What you don't understand in this country is a UNESCO World Heritage Site, okay? French people, they hate <laughs> yeah. everything. They love Picard. Yeah. Do not cross Picard. So, so. I bought the... So they've been doing <laughs> this every year for a number yes. of years. And in the past, it was... Once I bought, they had a pretzel with pastrami. It was like a pretzel sandwich with pastrami. And the picture looks really nice. There's like arugula, <laughs> you know, rocket leaves everywhere. And I heated it up. You know, the first thing that happens when you put something in the microwave is all the salad wilts. Yeah, I'm always confused yeah. when they put lettuce on the sandwiches. I'm like, how is this going to survive yeah. the microwave? Yeah. But okay, we'll, well go I, with it. Yeah, have another, well, I'll tell you. For the next <laughs> podcast, I'll tell you that when I got the bibimbap. Um, <laughs> before, well, we didn't have a kitchen. But I got the sandwich, had one little slice of pastrami. I was like, this sucks. But this time I bought the grilled cheese sandwich. So I was like, how can you do a microwave grilled cheese sandwich? It is so curious how they make it happen. It was actually not bad, but when I was eating it. I was like... This is so rich. I think they soaked the bread in cream. And oh, like, gosh. Yeah. Wow. It was delicious. They Frenchified it. But I couldn't eat it. It was like, oh, my God, I am. This is a lot of calories. And I looked at the calories in the box. Don't do like, that. Don't. Well, they have a grade now on things. It's probably an F. They yeah. grade it from A to F. It's probably an F. So I got the pastrami waffle because I was like, you know what? Let's see. Is it? Is it any good? And it wasn't actually bad. It was better than I thought it was going to be. Well, so. well, I didn't understand that either. But someone said, well, that's a big, that's a thing now in the U.S. It's like waffle stuffed sandwiches. Is that a thing? I'm not sure. Okay. I believe that's a thing. You live in the next arrondissement. When you walk home, if you go up to Boulevard Voltaire and take uh-huh. the left, there's a waffle place. And oh. they do like, I've never been in it. I've seen the pictures and it's like, Waffles with bananas and cream or beef rolled up. Hot How dogs do, well, and, hold on. Yeah. How do we get from bananas and cream to beef rolled up? We <laughs> take it a left turn. I don't, chicken and waffles. Uh, yes. And there's an amazing chicken and waffles place at Colonel Fabian called Gumbo Yaya. Have you oh, I've never, I've, I've gone by it a lot. It looks cute. They it's, have fried chicken, don't they? The fried chicken's delicious. Okay. It's the don't best I've had that. in Paris. Why do you like fried, fried chicken? chicken? Oh, it's really I good. I love fried chicken more. That's my favorite food. Oh, well, you have to go. Well, let's go together. Okay. I'm a Southern girl. I will take you. Okay. They are slow. I'm not putting very honey small. In. No, you're not. Okay. No, no, no. I and don't do that. Yeah. It I'm is, like fried chicken. It's very good fried chicken. Okay. I like Korean fried chicken as well. So before we end, I just want to talk about your show a little bit more. You're going to be starting to do more shows again in Paris starting in 2023. Yes. What are you going to be doing? Well, I'm continuing on with the show, The Only American in Paris. I'll be back at my theater, the Théâtre Beau. Because um, I'm doing The Last Americans. I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> I'll be after you. <laughs> You're like, I'm The Last American. <laughs> um, so I'm coming back with the show, and I'll be running it through the summer, and then that is it. I'll be done with the show, and the mm-hmm. goal is that I'll be recording it and putting it online so that anyone who can't wow. come to Paris can hopefully watch it. So that's okay. The next project, and I have a writing project up my sleeve that I'm working on. Um, well, I have to tell people the show has a great arc from the beginning <laughs> to the end, and I won't reveal it, but it's so great. Like, I still think about that. I was like, that was a great arc. Oh, thank you. So, it's so, just my life. I mean, my life is a comedy, so. Well, think, you know, 
there's a lot that happens to you when you move abroad. Mm-hmm. And that's what was great about your show. You talked about these things. You made them funny. You weren't complaining too much. I feel like I, everything I say, no, you was, know, with it, with a yeah. little wink and twinkle in my eye. Yeah. And, and that worked. It's, it's fine. I mean, cause yeah. you're French, your husband's French, you have French kids. You've had Parisians inside of you. Yes, I um, have the full, <laughs> and whatever that means about to you. Show. Yeah. Um, yeah, the full thing. But the show is great. And you, I would say the BO theater. Be careful. Just Bo, not BO. BO. <laughs> well, you know, I get these things by email, like for the Jeux Olympiques and they're like J-O festival. Like in the subject, right? I'm like, in English, that means something different. You're um, like, what is that? Yeah, it's like, how they find me? <laughs> so it's the Bay O Theater. And it's very intimate. You're in this room with um, not a lot of people. So you're right there on stage. Yeah, it's um, a great little room. It's and it's really a really classic. funny show. And if people want to follow you on Instagram, you're at Sarah D Comedy. Yes. And on TikTok. And it's, I encourage yep. people to follow. I'm not on TikTok, so I can't encourage people to follow you there. Unless they're on TikTok, then follow her. But Instagram, you're great. Thank you. And, and um, yeah. yes, you can find me on Instagram. It's almost the same. I do more like personal stuff on Instagram, you know, the stories. Um, yeah. I haven't done so much on TikTok. I mean, I post a lot of videos on TikTok, but I'm kind of yeah. going back to Instagram. I like the community of Instagram. That's how I meet great people. So oh, I'm going to cry and I <laughs> oh, get turkey stock. I'm and you have turkey stock. I can't wait. Listen, if it's horrible, it's fine. I just am okay. so curious. And I have one more thing. I actually... Oh. Now this, 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 this is the interview that keeps giving. A surprise. I come prepared. Oh, so wow. I have, I have book. that book. Yeah. <laughs> I have this I have book that. because you wrote it. I bought the drinking French book in 2020 and I was like, I would love for you to sign and it's it. Yeah. Because our favorite drink is the, which one is it? The French Manhattan. Oh, I love that too. We've made this one so many times. We absolutely love it. And we made the um, oh. chocolate. Uh, what is it? It's not chocolate bitters. It's just the chocolate, the chocolate liqueur. Bit, liqueur with cocoa nibs. Yep. We made it last Christmas. It's absolutely delicious. I love this book. And so I just, oh. I need for you to sign it. And my, I took it and I was like, look, I'm going to have David sign it. And my husband was like, just remember, this was my present. So make sure my name. Oh, on he it. bought that for you. I love no, your husband. No, oh. for him. Oh, 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 but he was like, it's my present. So my name needs to be it. So you're going to have to write it to both of us as well. Okay. Is it so Sarah to Sarah B. Donald? <laughs> First, I gotta tell you, there's nothing worse than the cookbook world when you, or book world when you sign someone's book and it's the wrong name. Oh. Yeah. I'll write it down for you That's on a, your piece of paper and then you can. Yeah. When sign you, it. when you do book signing, someone's like, Hey, write happy birthday. And I'm like, happy anniversary. And they're like, it's their birthday. I'm like, Oh, it's French. That's you're like, no, I'm being very cute in French. This is yeah. adorable. Say more. But we love the drinking French book and we've made this, this is what helped build our bar during confinement. We just kept buying more alcohol and trying more drinks. Oh, so. oh. it was funny because my book tour got canceled and I had 300 bottles of liquor and I was like, what am I going to do? And they're, they're like, Instagram contacted me and they're like, why don't you do videos? I was like, I don't do videos. Like that's, that's beneath my pay grade. You're like, that's for the youngins. Yeah. You're like, young I'm people. an author. I'm not going to whore myself yeah. out with a camera. <laughs> yeah. And Fast I'm, forward. Yeah, and I'm like lying on the couch like, Roman, what do I do? <laughs> but I actually liked, I was the one who liked the confinement because I was like, you know what? I'm watching Netflix. I'm getting to watch all those series and I'm going to go to bed at nine o'clock. I need to get, I don't go to bed at nine o'clock because I'm a working stand comedian. I have a show tonight at 945. Oh, you do? 
Oh, yeah. I thought you were done for the year. I have. Uh, so I'm done for the year for my own individual show, but I still perform on different plateau humoristique. Uh, I still have other shows and, until I go on holiday for Christmas. Okay. But not my own one hour. You're so, so. French. You say holiday. I know. I'm also, holiday. some of my best friends are English too. So I have oh. a lot of English, like Anglicisms, but like uh-huh. really English stuff. So holidays. Okay. Um, so yeah, I have a show tonight at 9.45. I'm very tired. Going to bed at nine o'clock in theory sounds great, but I never do it. Okay. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a night owl. I go to bed at like 2 a.m. I used to be like that. And then when I'm alone, I do. But in free, like we have wine with dinner and I'm like, okay, going to bed now. Yeah, which is, <laughs> um, well, it's great to see you. So people can go to your website at sarahdcomedy.com. Yes. Um, you can find <laughs> all, all your comedy shows and you're going to be starting again. And I really encourage people to go because it's a lot of fun. It's a great activity. It's in English, but it's a mixed audience, very friendly, fun people. And have drinks. You have a bar. There is a bar, and you can drink in the theater, too. In the theater? I think you can. I don't think... Watch I my think... theater director be like, uh, no, to Dean Batiz, don't say that. You can't drink in the theater. Okay. My favorite thing about that, the- well, other than your show, was they have two <laughs> bathrooms. Like, yeah. Usually, like, in France, they make it really hard to find the bathroom. It's like you go to the airport, like, where's the bathroom? Like, it's on the seventh floor, and then you take a left, then take the bridge across. And I'm like, I gotta go. Two bathrooms right there. Drinks. Drinks. It's a great theater. And great comedy. Thank you so much. It's a great little theater. I really like it. And I want it to be fun. I mean, my, I hope my personality for those that don't know me, you know, I like to have fun. I like to laugh. Yeah. And I, I kind of see my show. I'm like, it's a party. We're going to have a laugh. We're going to have a great time. Yeah. And you talk about everything from ha- why you have two pharmacists <laughs> to, <laughs> to, um, Actually, you didn't give tips on how to get a good photo in the photo machine. Well, I've never done a good yeah. photo in the photo but the, machine. But the people on so. the out, like the people on the on the outside of the photo machines, the French people look good. Yeah, honey, those are models. Yeah, but they look <laughs> good. And they're not smiling. They're selling. They're selling us something we can never have. Okay, okay? I have really scary. <laughs> Mine's scary. My mouth looks like a zigzag. Cause I'm trying not to show teeth. It looks weird. It's like really strange. Okay, well, we're going to have to compare our photos. Mine is also very bad. Okay, so. well, Sarah, thank you so much for coming over. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank, thank you, you for, for tur- me. No one's ever given me turkey stock. Oh. So I'm going to tell Oliver G that. Oliver G tortured you and I brought you a present. So he blindfolded say, me and tortured me. Yeah, exactly. There Torture. Two guys. There were, he used to have a show with two people. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, then. You're a mother. You. I, I, I'm a Southern girl. I'm like, you don't come to someone's house without a little gift. Now, granted, again, I've never made turkey stock before. I should be like, thank you so much for this turkey stock. Please never make it again. Oh no, it still looks good. (laughs) I'm going to drink it as an energy. So thank you for being on the show. It was great to see you. Um, Great to meet you finally. I did see you in person, but it was a one-way conversation. (laughs) It's great to talk to you. So if people want to find out more about Sarah, you can follow her. It's Sarah D Comedy. Dot com. She's also on Instagram and TikTok at Sarah D Comedy. And I'm not looking at my notes. Um, but that's how memorable you are. <laughs> and if you want to follow me on my newsletter, you can find me at davidlebovitz.substack.com and check out my podcast. And if you like the podcast, feel free to subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and whatever else you use to listen to podcasts. Exactly. All right. Thanks again for being here. Okay. Bye.